0: Up, everyone, and welcome to episode 17 of Pogar the only show on the internet that makes you a better gamer or claims to. You know, who's to say it's on the internet, you can read anything these days. I am your host, Gamer Doc, and I am pumped to bring you another episode of this show. We are pretty deep into the series now, episode 17. Hopefully, we've got some listeners who are tuning every week. We've got some people who might this might be their first show because they're a fan of our guests to all of you welcome you know we're always looking for ideas or questions that you might have so find me on twitter gamerdoc underscore shoot me a message let's talk about it we also have a little discord server now so um if that's something that interests you let me know on twitter our guest today is kelsey moser kelsey is the education And competitive development lead at Evil Geniuses, which is kind of a big deal. Formerly was a coach at 100 Thieves. Very involved in the League community. Knows a lot about League a lot more than I do. So pumped to talk to her. But before that, a new study came out. Oh my God, I love science. I love science. So a study came out of StateSpace. And if you don't know who StateSpace is, they are the people who bring you AIM Lab. And StateSpace looked at whether or not Nootropics work, yeah, nootropics. And if you if you don't, aren't familiar with this, it's basically a supplement that is supposed to improve your cognitive performance, make you smarter, right? It's like limitless, but hopefully real. And there are some nootropics that currently exist. Caffeine, caffeine has been shown to improve reaction time, uh, improve some sorts of working memory. So, Amel was like, okay, do nootropics work? And what they did was they took caffeine and then they took these two other compounds. And I'm probably cr- pronouncing them wrong, but I don't care. Um, theocrine and methylbarine, also known as di- diamine, diamine which is much easier to say than the methyl one. So we're we'll calling them di- diamine and theocrine. So. They basically said, okay, well, what do we know about caffeine? Caffeine improves mental performance. It makes your reaction time faster. It improves mental performance, or I'm sorry, motor performance in individuated users, right? But what happens if you don't use caffeine? You get jittery, you get nervous, or if you're like me and you're on your eighth cup and you're starting to feel a little off, right? So caffeine has that side effect. So then they looked at these two other supplements, the Crean, oh my God, words are so hard. Uh, so in other studies that's been shown to decrease fatigue, they also kind of hypothesized that this drug, if taken in the same time as caffeine, would mitigate the, the negative side effects of caffeine. So remove the jitteriness and the anxiety that's associated with it. Um, you know, long-term effect of the creme, one study showed it was safe after eight weeks of use. So take that however you want to. And the other one, dynamine, there really isn't a lot of research on the long term effects, but it is hypothesized to have a synergistic relationship with caffeine. So, what the study said was okay, if we throw all three of these pills together, caffeine, theocrine, three, and every time I say it, it's going to be different, dynamine, let's put them in one pill and let's see if that's better than caffeine, all right? Let's see if those three things are better than caffeine. And what I love about this study is they actually tested the compounds so if you get a pill a nootropic a supplement a, a, a dietary supplement whatever that is not tested that is not purified we don't know what's in it right they independently tested this which i really appreciate um so they took nine people which is a low number but for these kinds of studies we're in the early phases uh, recreational gamers average is 23 years old um and they gave them a placebo pill so if for those of you who don't know the science behind placebo it's it's Anytime you run a good study, you have to include placebo because if you're in my office and I am wearing a white coat and you respect me as a doctor and I give you a pill and I say, this pill is going to make you better at gaming. This pill right here, it's going to make you faster, stronger. It's going to make you crush solo queue. Because of what I said, it doesn't matter if that pill contains sugar or rice flour, you are going to do better. That's placebo, right? So you always have to, whenever someone's taking a pill, you have to have a control. So, they had a placebo group that had just a rice flour pill. And then they had one pill, one group that just got caffeine, and the other group that got caffeine plus the two other compounds. And then they threw them into AIM Lab and they said, do some aiming stuff. They did spider shot, trigger control, sphere track, and capacity. I've never played capacity before. I'm going to have to try it now. Here's what they found caffeine. As we know, has a positive effect in some places, it makes you faster. But when you get faster, you get less precise, right? So you are sacrificing precision to become faster and it made people jittery. So they asked them, they literally asked them, do you feel jittery? And people who took caffeine had higher feelings of jitteriness. Is that a medical word? So then they looked at the compound group, the combined compound with all three of those groups. And they found that reaction time was better and you had better cognitive control. And the last one is players rated their overall gaming performance higher, which is interesting. Like, I don't, where does that come from? The effect of mood? I don't don't know. It's really cool. So basically they found that these three compounds together might have a synergistic effect and improve gaming performance, which is awesome. But you know what else is awesome? aimlab is now a metric of gaming performance so if you have an idea and you're like i bet if i warm up it's gonna make me better at gaming guess how you can test that aimlab if you have a product that you think is going to improve gaming performance instead of just throwing it on your label and saying these gummy bears are gonna make your eyes see better and you're gonna play better test it use aimlab it's so easy they did it so easy Will I be going out and buying Theocrine and Dynamine? I don't know. I I don't know if I can get any better at gaming, truthfully. Oh my god, that's such a good joke. I don't know. The, the, they tested their substances. Uh, I don't have you know fancy equipment at home to test the purity of my substances, and I haven't worked out in four days, so I should probably do that instead of take a pill. So there you go, PogRX. If you wanna, or if you want to. Test the validity of your hypothesis, test it in AIM Lab, and you know, maybe not all nootropics are crap. There you go. I don't think I would ever say that before, but if AIM Lab does something, I believe it. All right, y'all, that is it for the intro. In the line of AIM Lab, this X is one thing that you can do right now to make yourself a better gamer. So here it is. Are you playing on the right sensitivity? Unlike in-game settings and workouts, no one can tell you the best sensitivity, and it differs by person, mousepad, game, phases of the moon, etc. With a higher sensitivity, you get faster movement with less motion, but you can see a decline in accuracy. With lower sensitivity, you might find yourself running out of mousepad or not being able to track your enemies. When is the last time you checked on this? Try the online PSA Calculator Perfect Sensitivity Approximation or hop into a game of AimLab to check. To see if you're too high, open up a game of Grid Shot. Make one movement to the target and pause. If you've went too far, chances are your sensitivity is too high. To make sure it's not too low, open up a tracking task like Arc Track. If your cursor is constantly falling behind and you're not able to properly track, you might need to turn it up. So go find that sensitivity and then go crush some noobs. Fun fact, in the making of that PogRx, I actually realized that my sensitivity is way too high. So we're all learning something from this. Hopefully you guys are going to go in and adjust your sensitivity. It makes a huge difference. I can't move my mouse anymore though, so there's that. All right, our guest today is none other than Kelsey Moser. Kelsey is the competitive and education development lead at Evil Geniuses, formerly was the academy director and head coach at 100 Thieves. Also, someone who, I mean, like, I consider a friend. I don't, we'll, we'll, we'll see if she considers me a friend. But anyways, uh, let's, let's welcome our guest. Kelsey, welcome to the show. How are you doing today?
1: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data
2: MyPatriotSupply.com
3: I'm doing great. Yeah, we just finished up League of Legends Free Agency. Great time to be part of EG's
0: League of Legends team. I think we won the offseason, you know? So yeah, definitely. Good stuff. I also agree that we won the off season because I'm including myself in the collective EG We. So I agree with yeah. you.
3: Yeah, I mean, we basically signed you during the free
0: agency <laughs> period.
3: So you are included in
0: the uh, off-season. That's true. I mean, that is true. I love... I kind of love that. <laughs> so, as we said in your intro, you are the uh, competitive and education development lead at Evil Geniuses. So, you, in that role, what do you do to make video gamers better?
3: Yeah, so, I do externally facing curriculum, which is for camps and summits. So, mm-hmm. that's for... Uh, Collegiate students interested in the esports industry and they might be we've had people who are competitors who want to transition their careers when they graduate university and get a job so they want to know what's available what their options are and how they can start to get their foot in the door and then of course uh, we have run camps that feature middle school and high school kids basically trying to get them an experience of what's it like to have a day of esports training as well as still give them some good life lessons and general things to improve them. We, we had you speak, I think, at all <laughs> three of those events. So there you go. We've, we've included that into the spiel as well. And then, of course, internally, what I do is I work on a lot of our processes. Mm. How do we make our development system better so that when we're promoting players internally from our academy, from our Prodigies teams, They're ready to roll, they're good to go. And of course, working with coaches to get them up to speed with the experience that I have about what worked or didn't work sadly as a coach probably a lot of what i did didn't work and it was a learning experience and so now i can impart their not that knowledge without them having to go through it themselves so
0: okay i have like four questions from that one question which i love but i want to hit this first one first (laughs) so what did you do as a novice not novice but a beginner coach that you look back on being like that was not the right thing to do because i think a lot of people who listen to this podcast might be in the coaching setting so learning from your, not necessarily mistakes, but obstacles you had to overcome might be like really helpful to them.
3: I think the the most common one is no structure, or no
0: actual idea mm.
3: of how to run a team. Uh, so that was something that I had to develop over time. Said, okay, how do you create good goals, right? How do you understand and diagnose what's actually going on with the team and then create curriculum, right, yeah. specifically for I get so many novice coaches saying, "But do players actually look at powerpoints?" And it's just, "I like, guess I make them." So it's it's if a player tells you, "But this feels like school," it's great. You're supposed to learn at school, so you know I'm I'm hoping you're getting something from this. Uh, so it's definitely one of those it's like, how can we teach information better as opposed to just having them practice, having them figure stuff out on their own? Because what what am I there for, right? So. Yeah. I think having a clear plan that you set up at the start of the season is probably the biggest thing that you can do as a brand new coach. If you already know that, great. Refine your plan. Keep making it better. Start incorporating things like uh, nutrition, exercise, um, things outside of the game that make the team feel closer together, as well as understanding the structure of how you're going to deliver and teach your information.
0: That's an interesting concept because if we look at – coaches across the world right esports traditional sports professional coaches chess coaches very little of them are the best in their field like very little basketball coaches are the best basketball player that ever existed right bill belichick went to division three wesleyan um for you know, and rode rode the bench, and now he's arguably the best NFL coach in the in the world. And when we think about coaches in esports, sometimes the coaches tend to be former players, or uh, you know, not not people with the same background that we see coaches in other areas of life. Um, and so, I coach education is is so important from every single aspect. Um, so that's really. That's really interesting. What what kind of other curriculum or things have you noticed with early coaches that are some things that they can work on and improve?
3: I think it's there's a lot of "don't do that," which I dislike. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I much prefer "do this." Yeah. Also, feel like when you're saying "don't do that," you're teaching the game that just ended, and you're not which they're not going to yeah. be in again, right? They're not going to be in that same game again, right? If you say don't do that in that time.
0: I wrote that down. Of course
3: not. We already figured that out, right? We already know that that resulted in disaster. But it was like, what was the decision-making process that led us to that point? And how do we teach them to think about that situation differently so that they're in not that exact same situation, but a situation that's similar, they understand the decision tree that allows them to make a better decision next time
0: yeah i i love that it's kind of similar but a little bit different than what coach taylor says which is success leaves clues so if you if you come to a certain outcome examining your steps along the way to figure out what got you there um which is and that kind of introspection also takes personal development as well right like it's hard to do
3: yep. when you're doing a vod review and you see the mistake that your player makes don't start the bot review from that point. Go back at least two minutes mm. and talk about the process that led to that. Because the mistake was probably not actually that mistake. It was probably something that happened when they're coming out of base or they're respawning
0: or whatever other esports terms you want to do. Because this is
3: applicable on any, right? just league. So,
0: well, okay. So when you th- and that is just a good little tidbit pearl right there is Mm -hmm. when you're doing because if you ask a lot of great coaches how do you run a vod review you get a lot of great answers and there isn't really an like agreed upon protocol and so like that little thing like if you want to examine a mistake go back and check that out first that's such a good pearl so smart um okay so my another follow-up question is you're talking about the development system in League of Legends, and a lot of people might not know what that is, right? Like, you know, so League of Legends has solo queue ranked, you get to a certain ranked level, what you just don't get plucked onto an LCS team is like, so what are the Uh steps? Like, how does that the development system work for League?
3: So yeah, right now, most of the scouting is done in like Grandmaster or Challenger, which are the top two ranks in solo queue. And Now there exists the third tier
0: system. Yeah, I saw they
3: announced that. uh, Exactly. The third tier system exists. Uh, I was part of 100 Thieves when we launched the first third tier team in League of Legends 100X. Now I am on Evil Geniuses the year that we came out with Prodigies, which is also a third tier team. We can kind of brand them however we want, as opposed to the Academy teams, which are the second tier teams, which are just all Academy. But... Um, So the third-tier teams, usually those are part-time for kids who are still in school Mm. or who have other commitments and are kind of figuring out if they want to go pro. Uh, Very talented individuals, generally speaking, who need to work on a lot of things like life balance and maybe we're not ready to bring them in-house and play them full-time because they have to figure other stuff out. And then, of course, Academy, they're all full-time in LA, just like the LCS team. They just play in a second division below them. So they get to play uh, two games per every time they play, so they get a little bit more reps in, and that's when you start to develop directly for LCS. Mm-hmm. We just promoted our mid laner officially from academy to LCS this year, Pyeong. So um, then you then you make it to LCS finally.
0: <laughs> so you've been in the system, whether or not it was you know from EG or the academy. Uh, director and head coach at 100 Thieves, you've been in the system for a while. Are there any like qualities that are universally possessed in the people who successfully rise through these ranks? Is there stuff that you've seen that you look for or that you see that you just notice everyone has like um, like self-responsibility or, or something like that? Like What qualities take the good players and allow them to progress through those ranks or is there not any really?
3: I think there's not a lot of consistency because mm-hmm. I think we're still working on that aspect right. of coaching, which is how do you coach qualities that get you to the next level consistently? Yeah. I think right now the players that succeed are having short-term success and then falling back down to academy and limping and having to trial and error their way into that situation. A lot of it is if you're really talented, then we'll make the team function so that it supports you. Right, Because mm-hmm. a lot of these these brand new players, what I've noticed for players like Spika on TSM, for Danny on EG is they get promoted, surrounded by better players who kind of understand the situation. And it isn't like the players like uh, Pum, who's getting another shot at LCS, um, players like uh, Soligo, if they got like a lot of those players who got kind of, uh, Palafox, uh, all of these players who got kind of promoted within rosters that were already flawed, or mm-hmm. already failing. So they didn't have the opportunity for the veteran players to kind of fill in the gaps that they had because most of these rookie players, they only had to know how to win one way.
0: Yeah. So
3: they basically have to be put into an environment where they can do the one thing that they know how to do to win over and over and over again, and the rest of the team supports them. So, I think that that's, that's the, the difficulty of it is making sure that you have that environment to promote a rookie that will allow them to eventually learn the other stuff and get to a point where they're competing at an LCS level. Because we can't, right now, the academy system isn't at a point where we've created a good foundation or a strong foundation for players to learn that yeah. already.
0: And that's such an interesting point. It goes back to what you're talking about, how you're having camps for middle school and high school kids. Like the esports mm-hmm. events at that level and esports teams at that level are very variable, right? So some middle schools might have a club, but most don't. Some high schools might have a club or a team. What kind of support are they giving? You know, is it run by a volunteer by a kid or is it run by a, a teacher? Does that teacher have any idea what esports is? And so people are seeing esports in a different way in the amateur scene, and so when you finally show up to a team, you've gotten there by solo queuing and by grinding, and so you're like, this is the way in which I do things. But it's like, you know, I could take a toothpick and chip away at a marble statue and, and get the David eventually, or I could use the right tools, know how to use them, call a buddy who knows how to help, and and knock it out and do it the same way, because like once you get to that level, it's not it's not about staying good anymore, it's about getting better. And I, I think that what EG is doing, developing this amateur scene, is going to help us with that problem as well. Of
3: course. I'm not going to say something contrary to that. <laughs> <laughs> and I think like, when I wanted to start the 100X program on 100 Thieves, the, the main motivation for me personally, and obviously other people on 100 Thieves have different motivations for for also being invested, was... When I got my first team, that was four rookies and one like more experienced player in academy, it's like, they just don't know so much, <laughs> you know. It's like, and they get usually get booted from the academy system after two years if they're not showing a higher level. And I think we we generally don't put our best coaches in academy, now, mm. right? We put our best coaches in LCS because that's where they make money, uh, and so it's just. So uh, as a result, a lot of times you're thrown into an environment as a rookie player with a rookie coach, and then no one knows what they're doing. So how are you supposed to get through the system in two years and be LCS ready with that kind of setup? Because that means like your first year is probably a wash or at least half of your first year. And then uh, you have basically a year after that to kind of really figure it out as a group. And I think it's important to start working on good habits, good practices on your high school teams, on your middle school teams yeah. to already have the competitive mindset built in at a younger age, which is why uh, I thought a good way to do that was on the 100X program. But here at EG, I think, you no, know, we, we need to be bigger. We need to be broader and we need to start talking to, to coach, high school coaches, to people like that and see how we can help because I'm yeah. sure they can help us as well in terms of teaching us how to educate, how to, do a a bunch of other things
0: totally because a lot of those people are educators right so they're they're the educators turned learning about esports whereas in like the higher level esports coaches are esports players turned educators and so like there is that something that you can learn it's kind of like a competitive mindset it's like no matter who you're talking to who you're playing you can always learn something if we're talking to high school middle school coaches Mm -hmm. we can always learn something uh that's really interesting and it is hard because it, it, one of the th- reasons why curriculum and protocols can also be really important for an org is then you don't have that variability between your academy program and your LCS if they're all doing if they have the same vod review techniques or whatever then you're you're still getting the systems-based approach to things. My mind is spinning. Spinning, Kelsey. Great <laughs> All right so the, <laughs> so the name of the show is Pogar um, and mm-hmm. you know this isn't medical advice, you're you know, but if you were to take a prescription pad and write one thing on it to an aspiring pro player who really wants to be a full-time video gamer, make money, be on stage, win worlds for North America, what are you writing on that prescription pad?
3: Turn your brain on. It's, uh, it's really basic, but it's just, you don't know how many challenger level players I talked to in, in solo queue who's, so were you thinking when you did that? No. This approach solo queue with it, with a goal, like want to accomplish something and make sure that when you're being very critical and thinking very actively, you're going to feel tired. So you're not going to overplay. You're going to, and you're going to improve faster.
0: Yeah. Turn your brain on. I love that. I love that. Um, well, Kelsey, your Twitter handle has been below you this whole time. Uh, but is there anything else, any parting words you have, or anything you want to call attention to at all? Play video
3: games. Uh, we we definitely need to expand the North American competitive player base. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you love playing video games and you're thinking about going pro, actually make a good try of it. I'm not saying sabotage your life or anything, but you know set aside some time, make sure you're structuring, make sure you're focused
0: and and go for it. Love it. All right, well thank you for joining us. Keep kicking butt at EG and we will we will hopefully have you back soon. Turn on your brain, ladies and gentlemen. Such, such an easy concept and a lot of these are easy concepts but it's true, like are you actively learning? Are you actively learning or are you passively learning? All right, it's just like if you wanna learn something you can read a book or you can do questions, right? And, and you need a little bit of background knowledge from the book, but true learning comes from active learning. So turn on your brain in all of your life, not just in gaming. That's it for our show. Hope you enjoyed it. I am your host, Gamer Doc. Have a happy and a healthy week.